This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Let me get this recorded. Peter in 1 Peter 4 and 8, Peter here is encouraging um, the, um, the believers to be fervent in love. Amen. Hallelujah. So 1 Peter 4 and 8, Amplified Version. And it reads, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Somebody say amen. Listen, hallelujah. One of the ways that Jesus said that we are to be identified as his followers is to have love one for another. Amen. And it is human nature to, um, especially when you feel injured by someone, amen, to unveil their dirty secrets or uh, uh, what they have in the closet. Amen. And I will openly admit to you that I've engaged in this as a Christian and even as a pastor. There have been times of weakness in me when I have been injured by someone and I've allowed my fallen human nature to want to then expose the person that injured me to show everyone how bad they are that they injured me. But I'm here to tell you today I was wrong. And the scripture reveals to us, amen, that even in uh, difficult times, we're to have a fervent love for one another. That doesn't mean anybody can just do anything to you and they have no consequences for their actions. It just means that our response should be not to expose their sin, amen, but we are to cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Amongst our brethren. Amen. Glory to God. Now this was a difficult revelation for me to grasp. Amen. But God unveiled it to me first. Amen. And then had me share it with you guys that we are to cover sins. So like when we hear the whispers about someone we know, we're not to entertain it. So when we've been hurt by somebody, amen, hallelujah, we're not to share it with the whole world so that they are exposed as being in the wrong, amen. And it's not to say that people won't be in the wrong that do things to you. They, they Right is right and wrong is wrong. Our job as Christians is not to go around and spread that wrong to everybody. Ooh, did you hear about so-and-so? You know so-and-so was caught in such-and-such? That's, that's just not our job. Love covers a multitude of sins. We're going to go even deeper into it, amen, as we look at our scriptures. But hallelujah, our message today, amen, glory to God, is love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Love covers a multitude of sins. So if you're like me, we got to... You know, you've been injured and, and, and as long as you're on this earth, <laughs> someone's going to 
hurt your feelings. Someone's going to do something to you that you don't like. You're going to feel slighted or ignored. Somebody didn't call you when you wanted to be called or, uh, or, or, or something is going to happen because none of us are perfect. Amen. And out of our imperfection, amen, whether we mean to or not, we will do something to hurt somebody else. Amen. But in those cases, God has instructed us through the apostle Peter for our love to cover their imperfections, not to expose it to the world. Amen. So we're going to need some prayer for this one today. Amen. So let's pray that God would have his way in our service and in our hearts and prepare our hearts to receive his word today. Amen. So join me as I pray. Amen. Over this message. Amen. Now, Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We pray that you draw everyone you've ordained to be a part of this service, Lord God, from the north, south, east, and west, Lord God, to, to join this online service, Lord God. Whether they are members or non-members, Lord God, draw everyone you want to be a part of this service today in the name of Jesus. And then those that you draw, prepare all of our hearts to receive your word today that we might be uh, made more complete, more mature in your will, in the name of Jesus. Father God, also feed us, Lord God, what we need today. Father God, this task you've given me today is far, far too great for me in my flesh. I decrease that you might increase in me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today. Feed us today like never before. And we won't fail to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Someone that's in agreement with that prayer, please say amen. Amen. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. So let's get into it. Amen. This word cover, amen, in its root form, uh, in its root language, Greek, amen, is a word kalupto, amen. And it means properly to cover figuratively it means keep secret so those sins that uh, we are aware of we are to keep secret hidden covered over concealed you know sometimes as Christians we bear our soul to one another we, we reveal even during our testimonies we may reveal things to one another amen and I'm not talking about public testimonies because then you've made that for public consumption amen and that has a place amen I, i'm talking about one-on-one -on -one or someone has uh confided in you and let you know of something they are struggling with those are the times where to conceal or to cover those things they don't want it for public consumption if they did then they would give their testimony before the church amen so we're talking about instances with someone who trusted you or someone you witnessed in a uh, less than stellar um, situation has been exposed to you then it's not for us to go around and expose that to the world where it can bring embarrassment upon that individual or individuals amen hallelujah so we're to conceal it not to regard or impute or assign it to them i.e. we're to pardon them so love uh it covers or it keeps secret or keeps hidden um 
not to regard or assign the sins that someone does not want made public. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about situations where someone has been abusive to somebody and they're telling you to keep it secret and not protect the person that's being abused. I'm talking about a person who has confided in you or you have uh, witnessed in a less than stellar situation and it's not bringing harm on someone at that very moment that we are to keep it secret. Amen. I'm not talking about covering an abuser or a pedophile or a rapist or someone who committed murder. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who has confided in you or uh, has been exposed and you've been a witness to it and it's not of a harm to somebody else. Amen. Then we are to conceal it. Amen. Now, if you know of someone that has physically abused somebody, that, that, that's in a different category. Okay. We're talking about someone basically who has skeletons in their closet and has revealed it to you. Amen. Or you have witnessed it. Amen. And it's not bringing harm to somebody else. We're to cover it. Amen. We're not to go around. Did you hear about sister so-and-so? She, she did this, that, and the third. We're to cover it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's move on. You know that Jesus put away our sins, and this is a concept that we really don't understand as Christians. Jesus literally, and this is not figuratively, he literally put away our sins. Our sins are put away. All right. Let's get into how, uh, uh, how this is. All right. So we're going to turn to Hebrews 9.24, the Amplified Version. Amen. And the writer here is speaking of what Jesus did. Amen. When he um, presented himself to Father God after his ascension. All right. So Hebrews 9.24, the Amplified Version, it reads, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one. So the tabernacle that of Moses and Aaron was uh, a tent of meeting, a physical tent on the earth that the children of Israel experienced the presence of God on earth. But there is a tabernacle in heaven. The original one, the one that the one on earth was uh, mirrored after. All right. So let me let me begin that again. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands. So the one in heaven is not made with hands. A mere copy of the true one that would, that would be the one on the earth. But he entered into heaven itself now to appear in the very presence of God on our behalf. So after during. After his ascension and he went to heaven, he went into the heavenly tabernacle on our behalf, our being believers in Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Next scripture, 25. Nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary to offer himself again and again. Now, priests year in and year out went into the tabernacle that was on the earth and then eventually the, t the temple to offer sacrifice for sins year in, year out. And they did that because their sacrifice 
for sin made for themselves and for all of the children of Israel, which represents mankind, was not sufficient enough to pay for their sins forever. It had to be done yearly, annually, continually. So here this scripture is saying, nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary, he being Christ, and offer himself again and again. He didn't have to go in every year to offer himself again and again. As the high priest enters the holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Next verse 26. Otherwise he would have needed to suffer over and over since the foundation of the world. So Christ didn't have to present himself to Father God after his crucifixion after his crucifixion and resurrection and continually go before God and die over and over again for our sins. Hallelujah. Like the priest had to go in with the sacrificial blood year in and year out because one year was not enough to cover the whole lives of those that they made the sacrifice for. They had to continually do it. Christ did not have to continually do it. All right. He said, but now once for all, at the consummation of the ages, he has appeared and been publicly manifested to put away sin. So Christ died on the cross once, was buried, rose from the dead, eventually ascended to heaven into the heavenly sanctuary and presented himself as that sacrifice once to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Let's look at this word. Um, it's uh, the word, the Greek root word is really away, but to, to, to have context, we're going to put, put away, you see, to put in parentheses here. So this away is a Greek word asis and it means a setting aside so he set aside our sins he it means annulment or cancellation our sins once we are believers in Christ have been canceled we were in a state of sin now we're in a state of righteousness our sins have been canceled i.e what is rendered no longer in effect you and me as believers our sins are no longer in effect literally no longer having a place abolition or abolishment elimination our sins have been eliminated christ went and presented himself to father god one time and eliminated the sins of our lives forever our sins past our sins present our sins future have been canceled they have been annulled they have been eliminated he put away our sins we were in a state of sin now we're in a state of righteousness somebody say hallelujah christ put away your sins hallelujah now this is a concept that we don't get as modern day christians we're repenting for sins that have been put away now, the true meaning of repentance is a change of mind. Amen. So uh, I, I, I hope it's my hope that God is changing your mind as you as you hear this message today. Amen. That you understand that your sins have been 
put away when we do not cover people's sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Love covers a multitude of sins. We are acting like their sins have not been paid for already, that they've been put away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, did it happen? Yes. Will you and I uh, make a mistake or sin in the future? Yes, but it's been paid for already. He went one time. Christ did not have to continually go into the sanctuary to continue to present himself for our sins. He went one time and put away our sins. He eliminated them. He annulled them. They are no longer in effect. They no longer have a place. They have been abolished, eliminated. Once again, somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, wife. Hallelujah. Amen. Saints, the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of Christ putting away our or believers' sins. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're not a believer in Christ, amen, we're going to uh, invite you to join the family of God at the end of the service. Amen. So that your sins can be put away as well. Amen. So that the effect of what Christ did can be applied to your life. Amen. But as believers, amen, our sins have been put away. And the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of Christ putting away our sins, believer's sins. Amen. So let's take a look at that. Amen. We're doing great on time. Hallelujah. All right. I'm coming out of Hebrews 9 and 1. Amen. The New International Reader's Version is a little bit smaller on the screen. I apologize for that. I'm trying to fit a lot of information on this slide. Amen. Um, obviously, we have a picture of the tabernacle or one of the uh, interpretations of how the tabernacle looked. Amen is here. That's how I should put it rather. Amen. Hallelujah. And let's read that scripture. Hebrews 9 and 1 New International Readers Version reads, The first covenant had rules of worship or uh, liturgy. Amen. Uh, it also had a sacred tent on earth. And we can see uh, an interpretation of what the tent, what, what scholars believe the tent looked like. Okay, right there in our picture. All right, next verse. We're, 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 we're talking about how the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of uh, how Christ put away our sins. The Ark was inside this tent. Amen. Verse 2. Amen. New International Readers Version 9 and 2. A holy tent was set up. The lampstand, now there was a lamp inside of the tent, and it represented the tree of life. Amen. The lamp gave off light. Amen. We, we talked about several weeks ago that Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. So that centerpiece where the lamp was, was representative of Christ. And the other um, uh, pieces of the lamp, amen, all pointed inwards towards Christ. Amen. So this was represented, this lamp stem that was inside of the, ta of the tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah is representative of the tree of life. Amen. And it was the first and it was in the first room. Amen. So was the table with the holy bread or the show bread. Amen. Show bread. There were 12 pieces of bread, which represented the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. Amen. And they, uh, if we expound on that, they represent man. Amen. So the 12 tribes of Israel's communion with God or man's communion with God. Amen. Glory to God. But he was outside in the outer room. Amen. So that means there was a separation between man and God. 
All right. So the, all this is a picture, amen, that it's showing the state of man uh, at that time. Amen. So man was separated from God. Amen. And that was called the holy room. So the 12 tribes of Israel or mankind was not in the holy of holies, but in the holy room separated from God by the veil. Amen. Verse 3. Behind the second curtain or the veil was a room called the most holy room. Okay, and that's where the Ark was, the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to have a picture of that soon. Next verse. All right, here's a picture of the Ark. It had a golden altar for incense. The golden altar for incense. So incense were in there, for those of you who are familiar with incense. And these incense represented the prayers of the people. Amen. So God had Moses uh, have uh, incense placed in the inner room or the most holy place or the holy of holies where the ark was with incense and incense filled the room and it was representative of the prayers of the people oh man amen or our prayers amen it also had the wooden chest called the ark of the covenant amen now this ark of the covenant amen was a wooden chest made out of um incorruptible wood amen that's incorruptible wood represented christ incorruptible humanity amen and this Wood was overlaid or covered with gold, which represents righteousness. All right. So it says the next verse, the um, next part of the verse says the ark was covered with gold, which represents righteousness. So Jesus is represented here by the ark, by the incorruptible wood or his humanity that was incorruptible. He never sinned. And he and the uh, wood is covered with gold, which represents his righteousness. Okay. Hallelujah. It held the gold uh, and the ark was covered with gold and righteousness. Now we can see on top of the ark are two cherubim or two angels. Amen. Looking down. Amen. Hallelujah. And between them is said that the presence of God was there. Amen. At the time. Hallelujah. So not to confuse you. Amen. Let me read this verse one more time. Hebrews 9 and 4. There's a lot going on here. So it had the golden alt altar for incense. We talked about that being the prayer of the saints or the prayer at that time of the Israelites it also had the wooden chest called the ark of the covenant the ark represents Christ the ark was covered with gold which represents righteousness it helped the gold jar it held the gold jar of manna so inside of the ark was placed the gold jar of man a gold jar of manna amen the manna was the f the bread that came down from heaven to feed the Israelites a jar of it was placed inside of the ark it held Aaron's walking stick that budded, amen. Aaron had a rod in the King James Version, and that was and it budded to confirm that he was God's appointed leader, and that was placed inside of the ark. It also held the stone tablets. Uh, the words of the covenant were written on them. The, the uh, second set of Ted Commandments was placed inside of the ark as well amen i pray i have not confused you amen uh we're talking about the ark of the covenant and how it represents christ putting away our sins okay hopefully you got that much all right verse five says the cherubim were above the ark so those two angels above the ark god showed his glory there or his presence was there between those two angels Amen. The cherubim spread their wings over the place where the sin was paid for. So 
that's uh, the place called the mercy seat. Amen. So sin was paid for there. The priest would come in once a year in the day of atonement and sprinkle blood on that mercy seat or the top of the ark. It says, but we can't say everything about these things now. Amen. That's just the writer here making a reference that uh, these are things that are past that have happened. Now we're under the a different uh, covenant of grace. Amen. That's that's what's happening there. All right. So I'm going to wind all this up so that you understand where I'm coming from with this. Amen. Because my wife's looking at me like, please do so. Amen. All right. What's happening here? The Ark of the Covenant was a picture of Christ putting away our or believers sins. Three items were placed in the Ark. The golden jar of manna representing man's rejection of God's provision. Amen. Man, by and large, rejects God's provision. We try to make it happen ourselves. We, we are e we are ego driven. We, uh, by and large, man does not know God. Obviously, as Christians, we do. Amen. But man, by and large, has rejected God's provision. Amen. And that was representative of the golden jar of manner. Amen. Man rejected God's provision. Uh, provision amen and that was placed inside of the ark all right aaron's walking stick or aaron's rod that uh, budded represented man's rebellion against god's provision for leadership amen mankind we often reject god's choice of a leadership amen most of the world is not saved most of the world has rejected christ as lord and savior amen Hallelujah. Or if you're in another situation and God has placed somebody as leadership and you have rejected that person. Amen. Ma that, that rod, which represented man's rejection of God's appointed leadership, was placed in the ark as well. And lastly, the stone tablets were the Ten Commandments and represented man's rejection of God's law. That was placed in the ark. So the set, second set of of tablets the, the first ones were broken amen moses threw them down but the second set was placed inside the ark of the covenant all right each of man uh, and we represented god's law man has represented by and large god's law man wants to do his own thing has rejected god's law so each of man's sins were put away inside of the ark and were covered by the mercy seat that was sprinkled with blood once a year. So this ark represented Christ. The sins of man were placed inside of the ark. And then the ark was covered by a mercy seat. And blood was sprinkled upon it once a year. Which was symbolic of Christ ultimately dying at the cross thousands of years later. Amen. This is a picture of man's sins being put upon Christ or in Christ, amen, hallelujah, and then covered by mercy, hallelujah, glory to God, God, Jesus, when he died on the cross, was buried, rose again from the dead, and then ascended to heaven and presented himself to Father God in the heavenly sanctuary, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, put away our sins, because of his sacrifice amen and the ark was a illustration or a picture or a type of what christ would do thousands of years later 
hallelujah and put away man's sins your sins have been put away amen and the gospel message amen is revealed in the three items being placed in the ark of the covenant and then being covered by mercy somebody say hallelujah your sins have been put away amen hallelujah glory to god listen our or as believers sins have been put away forever we're going to go to uh, chapter 10 of hebrews now we're going to look at the new living translation it says for god's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of of the body of Jesus Christ. How are we made holy? John uh, Hebrews 10:10, 10, 10, excuse me. I said John before. Hebrews 10:10. 10, 10, excuse me. Let me read that again. For God's will was for us to be made holy or set apart or consecrated by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. How are we made holy? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all time. When Jesus died in our place. He, he did it once. And for all time. It put away our sin. For those of us that have received him as Lord and Savior. Now this word once in the in the in the Greek, amen, is the word ephaphax, amen, and it means upon one occasion, so just one time on one occasion only, at once and for all. He died for us all. Now those that are unbelievers don't have it applied to their life yet, but he died for them as well, once and for all time. We, when he did this, and we received him as Lord and Savior. We went from a state of sin to a state of righteousness. Amen. The priest had to go in year in and year out. Jesus died one time and put away sin. Now, those of us that receive him as Lord and Savior, our sins are put away. Those that are unsaved or unbelievers, amen, have not yet had this applied to their lives. Amen. But we can say hallelujah because our sins have, put a, put, have been put away for all time. Past, present, future have been paid for yet already. Those things we have not even committed yet have been paid for. Somebody say hallelujah. Now this doesn't motivate me to go out and sin. It makes me relax because I know that my mistakes have already been paid for by Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's jump down to verse 14 on the same chapter. It reads, for by that for by that one offering he forever made perfect. Oh my God. Do, do you understand what's being read here? Hallelujah. For by one offering he forever made perfect perfect we have forever been made perfect by his one sacrifice hallelujah that's not speaking of our behavior that's speaking of christ's work for us we have been made perfect by christ oh my god i, I 
Oh, Jesus, I, I just wish that you understand what's being shared with you right now. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So we are, our state is we're in a state of perfection. Amen. Glory to God. Then it goes on. Those who are being made holy. So God is sanctifying us in our everyday lives. In, now this is speaking of our behavior and our time on earth. Our state legally is we have been made perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. So when Father God looks at us, he looks at us through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. But now in our day-to-day -day lives, by way of the Holy Spirit, we are being made to live in a holy manner. Amen. So let me read this again. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy or free from guilt. Amen. Hallelujah. So our state of being as believers are in a place of of perfection as father god when he looks at us he looks at us as being in christ hallelujah or through the blood amen hallelujah and god is so good that even though we're in this state amen of perfection amen by way of the holy spirit we are being sanctified amen hallelujah or as i was talking about last week amen when we think of living waters we are daily or continually being cleansed in our day-to-day -day lives hallelujah Whew, what a complete work God has done for us. Let's look at this word perfect. In the Greek, it's a word tel-e-o-a. <laughs> I know I messed that one up. But it means to bring to an end, to complete, perfect, to bring to the end goal proposed. We were taken from a state of sin to a state of righteousness. Amen. That was the goal. Meet for future entrance on the state and give him a pure hope a sure hope of it even here on earth so we are guaranteed heaven and we're giving a hope that we are guaranteed heaven amen once we understand that we're in a state of perfection are you offended if i call you as a believer perfect do you squirm when i say that do you keep looking at yourself instead of looking at him? He made you perfect. I'm not talking about your behavior. I'm talking about your state of being in Christ. And he's so good. He continues to do a work in you by way of his Holy Spirit so that your behavior lines up with your position. Amen. I know our struggles in our behavior. Amen. But he's working on us. Amen. So that our behavior before the world lines up with our position. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me say it to you one more time. You are perfect. And I'm not talking about your behavior. I'm talking about your position in Christ. Saints, once again, I, I, I shared this a few weeks ago. Forgive as you have been perfectly forgiven. We've been perfectly forgiven. Amen. Now, this all relates back to love covers a multitude of sins. He covered our sins, and it was illustrated by the mercy seat covering man's sins with the Ark of the Covenant. And thus, we're to do that for others. Excuse me. Amen. Forgive as you've been perfectly forgiven. 
Ephesians 4.32, the Amplified Version. We read this very recently. It says, be kind and helpful to one another. That's what Christians are to do. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding. There are going to be people you know that are Christians that are going through tough times. That are making bad choices even though they're in a state of perfection there's still a work in progress and the Holy Spirit has still things that he has to work out in them to bring their behavior in alignment with their legal position before God so here Paul is telling us as the writer of Ephesians to be kind and helpful one to another tender-hearted compassionate understanding forgiving one another readily and freely just as God in Christ also forgave you. So, amen. At New Testament point of view is forgive as you've been forgiven. We always have to remember that we have been forgiven. And to forgive as you have been forgiven. That's not getting people a free pass, amen. There are consequences for your actions. If I go rob a bank, I'm going to jail. I would hope that you would all forgive me, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not going to rob a bank, though. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So forgive as you have been forgiven. Remember when Christ said uh, forgive in order to be forgiven, Christ was speaking from a legalistic standpoint because when Christ walked the earth, amen, the Old Testament law was still in effect. Amen. The Old Testament did not come uh, to an end until he died at the cross. Amen. And when he ascended and sent his Holy Spirit, amen, the church age came into being. Amen. And now it's forgive because we've been forgiven. Amen. So there's a distinction. Understand that Christ preached from the law because he lived in the Old Testament. Although the Gospels in the New Testament portion of the Bible the covenant that he lived under when he walked the earth was still old covenant. And the old covenant came to an end once he died. A covenant does not end until something dies. And that someone who died was Jesus. Amen. And then a new covenant came after he rose from the dead and ascended. Amen. Hallelujah. We're getting some really serious Christian doctrine here. Amen. Almost done. Be grateful to those be graceful, excuse me, not grateful, graceful to those struggling with sin. There were people struggling with sin. You may be struggling with sin. But God is graceful to us. And we as Christians should be graceful to those that are struggling with sin. Amen. This is Galatians 6 and 1, the Amplified Classic Version. Brother Pastor, why do you change versions of the Bible all the time? I do that because God leads me to present to you the, the, the scripture that best conveys uh, his meaning of the scripture. Amen. So this is why it's done like that. All right. And this is Paul again, but this time from the uh, book of Galatians, uh, chapter six, verse one. And it reads, brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, this is the meaning of spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the spirit. A lot of people going around talking about they're spiritual. But who does Paul say is spiritual? Who are responsive to 
and controlled by the spirit. That's what it means biblically to be spiritual. Should set him right. A person that has been overtaken in, in misconduct or sin. We should set that person right and restore and reinstate him or her without any sense of superiority. So we're not condescending when we do it. So no sense of superiority. And with all gentleness. Oh my God. Hallelujah. We as Christians are to be gentle. Now that's, that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. There are some people that are more gentle than others by nature. Amen. But generally our gentleness can compare to Christ. Amen. That he shares with us by way of the Holy Spirit. We are to restore or reinstate the person that is struggling with the misconduct or sin gently keeping an alternate al attentive eye excuse me on ourselves lest you should be tempted also amen this and not think that we're above a struggle or that we have arrived in terms of our behavior that that could be us who's struggling as well so we're to be gentle with them Amen. That's not saying that what they did was right. That's not co-signing what they did. That's not defending what they did. That is looking to restore and reinstate this person with gentleness. Amen. So we're not about co-signing things. We're not about celebrating it. It's about how to treat a person who has been overtaken with misconduct or sin. To gently restore and reinstate this person not from a condescending standpoint but understand but humbly understanding that we could be struggling with that sin as well amen hopefully this is being conveyed to you properly amen let's let's move on amen let's look at this word restore it's uh, a greek word ketartizo and we saw this word we've seen this word before those of us that are part of living waters christian center amen and ethically, it means to strengthen. So we're to strengthen the person caught in misconduct or sin. To perfect, to complete, to make one what he ought to be. Of one who by correction may be brought back into the light, I mean, brought back into the right way. Excuse me. Amen. So there is correction. But the correction is done gently humbly amen not through condemnation not through acting like you've never done anything and you have no sin in your life but to gently correct the person now obviously this person has to have a heart open to receiving that correction but often if you do it in a gentle way and ask for god's wisdom and ask for god's fruit of gentleness to be active in you if he leads you to do this, amen, with a particular person, amen, then the person's heart will be more open to receiving what you have to share from the Lord with them. Amen. So we should look to strengthen and to uh, help bring somebody back into the fold. <coughs> Excuse me. But we're to do it gently and it does involve correction. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But correction that's humble and gentle and easy to be received. Hallelujah. They say um, 
our conversations are all about tonality, whether the recipient or the listener receives it. Amen. 80% of our conversations about the tone in which we share. Is it a gentle tone or is it a harsh tone? Harsh tone, the listener may not receive it. A gentle tone, a humble tone makes it a better chance that the listener or in this case, the person caught up in sin will receive what you have to say. Amen. All right. Here's our conclusion as I close out today. Amen. As a Christian, we are to operate in love that does not emphasize or draw attention to or focus on the sins of those that we encounter in our lives. Amen. As Jesus put away our put our sins away. Hallelujah. Fellow believers sins have been put away as well. So believers in Christ, their sins have been put away as well, just like ours. We should look to offer this wonderful benefit, this benefit being the forgiveness of sins in Christ to unbelievers we come in contact with each day. Amen. So for believers that are struggling, amen, we need to understand that their sins have been put away, amen, and that they're in need of correction, amen. Hallelujah, that if the Holy Spirit chooses to use us in that situation, we can do that with a gentle and good tone, amen, and also that the Holy Spirit is continually cleansing them, amen, through the living waters, amen, and then also that um, he is continually trying to uh, improve their behavior that it lines up with how they are positionally they're perfect positionally amen as we are amen hallelujah and then go, go on amen for the unbeliever amen as we bear fruit in christ as we are loving and gentle and kind and good and people of faith amen hallelujah and, and bearing the fruit of the spirit we will be attractive to the unbelievers amen hallelujah glory to god and they may ask us the hope of our of our lives why do we act the way we do why do we do the things we do amen hallelujah and then we offer them the forgiveness of sins that we have received in christ jesus Amen. Hallelujah. And then lastly, getting back to my um, my script here. Amen. Lastly, when we encounter someone that is struggling with sin, we should look to help that person as led by the Holy Spirit. It's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit that leads us to do this. In so doing, we will be properly operating in the love of Christ towards our fellow man. So love covers a multitude of sin first it was done to us our sins as believers were put away were covered by the blood of Jesus washed away by the blood of Jesus our sins are put away and we said that the ark of the covenant was a picture of that it was an illustration of how man's sins have been put away in particular believers unbelievers they have not yet had that applied to their lives amen and as we bear the fruit of the spirit around them and are the christians of love that we are called to be amen we will give them opportunity amen to ask what is the hope of our calling amen and then we can share the forgiveness of sins with them or the gospel amen hallelujah but if the church is going to operate on the highest level we got to cover each other's sins. We can't emphasize or focus on or pay attention to people's shortcomings of the past or what they're going through now or, or whatever. Amen. If we're going to operate on that level. Amen. We can't go around emphasizing other people's sins. We got to cover them. Amen. De-emphasize them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Especially people that have hurt us or people who have disappointed us or people who have let us down. The longer you focus on their sin, the longer you will not be able to forgive them and the longer you will act in a condemning way towards them. We cannot have harmony unless we cover each other's sins. I'm not talking about co-signing. I'm not talking about celebrating each other's sins. I'm talking about de-emphasizing them. And there is a component of correction when led by the Spirit and delivering the correction in a good tone in gentleness. Okay? Hallelujah. Because there are consequences for sin, earthly consequences, amen, for the believer. Hallelujah. But this is all about the body being able to get along in harmony. This is about husband and wife being able to get along in harmony. This is about brethren being able to get along in harmony. Somebody, I'm done. Somebody say amen. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ, and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.